Hello, 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 guys. Welcome to this new episode of Mind Podcast. This is Adit Kapadia coming to you uh, at the fag end of the week. But uh, uh, but where my panelist is from, the new week has already begun. So uh, where, whereas I can give you the, all the depressing news, maybe she can tell us all the hopeful news and uh, uh, regale our listeners. But thank you all for joining in. Uh, and it gives me great pleasure to welcome my panelist uh, uh, on Mind Podcast today. She has been with us on Mind Podcast before. Author, columnist, uh, always look forward to a take on something. Shefali Vaidya. Hi, Shefali. Hi, Adit. Thank you for inviting me again. It's a pleasure. Hare, it's great. Thank you for uh, thank you for letting us ruin your morning. So, <laughs> uh, so you know, Shefali, I've been trying to you know coordinate what would be uh, when would I get Shefali on and stuff. But um, it was a piece basically that she wrote on the Pune pattern and what how the RSS was battling COVID in Pune city. So, uh, and I read her piece and I thought, you know, it would be a great, uh, uh, great thing to discuss. So that's why, you know, I wanted to talk about her piece, but that's going to be in uh, part two of the podcast. Uh, the, the first part of the podcast I want to, and part three, we're going to talk about the last, what happened in the last two with the whole uh, Op India situation and, you know, with our friends at Op India and stuff. So uh, we'll just talk a little bit about that because more information is coming. But part one, we're going to focus on the coronavirus crisis in India and uh, what is happening there. So Shifali, I want to come to you for, uh, you know, your sort of your opening statement of what you've seen so far. I mean, you've been what, uh, for two months, right? All of us have been quarantined in home. Yeah, almost two months. That's right. Yeah. So what has been your experience? What have you seen? What have you heard? And especially Maharashtra is one of the worst affected state in India. So what is the situation there? That's right. In fact, Adit, Pune was one of the first states that had a confirmed COVID patient right in the beginning, somewhere around the first week of March, I think. And that was because some people had traveled abroad and they had come and then that whole, it it was a tour group and some two or three people were uh, infected from that. And then, but that was still controlled because they could contact trace people and that was, you know, okay, there were only, the cases were not exploding at that stage. There were about five or six and there was panic and all that. But it was still under control because they knew exactly and the cases were not of community spread. It is only much later when this whole Tablighi fiasco happened that Maharashtra started uh, facing community spread. And as you all know, Bombay is one of the, Mumbai is one of the worst cities right now facing the brunt of uh, Corona infections. And it's a big challenge because in a city like Mumbai, as it is, it is such a, so many people tightly packed. It's kind of like New York, right? So social distancing, even if you want to do social distancing, it's not that easy to do, especially in uh, areas like Dharavi, where people are forced to share uh, hygiene facilities. So how do you stop that? And, and not even, I think, much worse, much scarier than New York because it's a little less square area and uh, three times the population. Yeah, far, far more people. Right. And also there is, uh, as I said, you know, in, if, you, if you live in a place like Dharavi where there are very, very closely packed, dense population living together. And even if you tell people to stay at home, don't uh, get in touch with neighbors or whatever. But what do you do when you have to share hygiene facilities? You can't do, you can't stop that, right? So it's very difficult and I can feel for the BMC and I can, I can actually understand the challenges that administration is facing everywhere because once the community spread uh, starts, it's very, very difficult. 
and you know we know we all know we have seen the visuals mm. that while lockdown is by and large respected in uh, some areas it is being uh, wantonly flouted mm. in other areas so there is a lot of disparity as well and people are also asking for example if you see the number of cops getting infected in bombay you will see that maximum number of cops getting infected are from a particular uh, police station that is the jj uh, jj road jj mark police station jj, mark, huh. JJ road police station and we all know what is the demographic of uh, jj road police station so, so it's 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 a tough challenge and uh, somewhere i think it is a little depressing to read the news but having said that i do think the state government is trying its best but right now frankly they are feeling overwhelmed and we've all seen the visuals of the migrants walking home and to any sensitive person it doesn't matter whether you support the government don't support the government whatever the visuals are you know they hurt you i mean we are all sitting in our homes and when we see the migrants walking for miles and miles to go to their homes it is a pretty it is a pretty bad picture it's a ghastly sight and that was one of the things and and, and the quantum of the tragedy is so huge right you had someone like ram goha say compare this to south africa and like the number of migrants what might exceed the people of south africa because it's just that many people in india so the challenge yeah from tenfold and also what you said about mumbai uh, so i i am originally from ahmedabad right and i have family there and i was very casey in some cases it has even spread to sabzi walas and you know Mm-hmm. so you don't even think ki kahan se aapko kaise aa sakta and that yeah. that unknown component is probably what's caused the spike the last spike that we've seen especially in the last two weeks or something but uh, that's true ha huh, but 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 in maharashtra the challenge also outside of mumbai is that it has spread to a few rural districts as well right like a rural yes areas. because again now people are moving from uh, mumbai right correct correct so uh, some people these uh, yesterday i read report that kutch which was reasonably free of covid uh, in the last 4 5 weeks has suddenly found 11 cases because all the people are going back to their villages the workers who were in mumbai are going back to their villages mm-hmm. and some of them are carriers because they are asymptomatic so it's a it's a huge challenge i mean on one hand you understand the the position of the migrant laborers because at the end of the day mm-hmm. when they know that there is so much of uncertainty they would like to go home and be with their families it's human to 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 you know make sure that they stay here in small cramped accommodations doing nothing there's no work because ultimately all of us we we can we cannot even see this enemy it's an invisible enemy yeah. so you want to be with your family right you say that whatever happens let me just go home in my comfort zone yahan pe jeene se better hai wahan pe jeenge but uh, that that is the situation it's tough actually that morbid thought internally sets in also that even if i get, yeah yeah i want to see my family around so exactly Yeah, we, 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 and the uncertainty, na? It's like nobody can tell you. See, people uh, have the capacity to adjust to a situation. Mm-hmm. If they are being told that okay, four weeks में situation improve हो जाएगा. After that, you your life can go back to normal. यहाँ पे there is no semblance of that. No, nobody can guarantee you, and nobody can. I mean, until a vaccine comes out or something like that, nobody can really tell you that कितने समय में ये खत्म होगा. So in that case, then. 
every passing day becomes unbearable for you psychologically it becomes unbearable for you it piles on and when you a lot of i heard some people say are why is the date being extended because the date has to be extended based on the data you've received right if the yeah. data you've received for the last week is that you have no choice but to sort of pause the activities you had planned to start from the next week um, but ultimately from what we are hearing is in a couple of weeks india is slowly opening up uh, a lot of yeah are slowly opening up obviously you cannot keep a country shut down any any country cannot be shut down for this long certainly a country the size of india the resources and the challenges cannot be shut down so but but then there is going to be another challenge also that a lot of this businesses manufacturing when they open a lot of the people who used to work there might have already yeah 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 so how, how is that going to pan out it's uh, you know that's another uh, sort of a challenge but it's it's going to be tough it's going to be tough for world over not just for india yeah. for the next next one one and a half year i think economy wise is going to be tough for everybody there is no there are no two ways about it you are live it? in the us you have seen what's happening there are, I, so there are no easy ways out of this i mean i just feel so bad there are businesses which are going to go out like travel like hospitality i mean what do you do and you feel so inadequate because no matter how hard you try as an individual there is no way you will be able to help out so many people so for me at least i have tried to see how i can help so one thing i tried to do during this lockdown is to go through my phone book and called up all the people whose services i've used in the past like electricians plumbers you know people who are self employed who do not really get the salary and asked them one simple question how are you doing and do you need me to offer you some help some people are some people didn't i know it's a very small uh, scale it is what i could do but even reaching out to say 50 people and seeing what you can do for them it's it makes a difference to those 50 people right i cannot help the millions and millions of migrant laborers who are walking out but i can at least ensure that the 50 people i know they are uh, taken care of at least uh, to the best of my ability you know it's a lovely message and psychologically it also helps them that someone is looking yes it does it, it, and and yeah, and, yeah. and for us it's just one phone call so absolutely and I'll tell exactly you, I'll tell you this exactly in in us too there is a big challenge in texas i mean where i am there is a steep spike but i'll give you an instance yesterday we were just getting to go food from a restaurant uh, which is nearby we finally took the brave decision of eating, ordering food from a restaurant but my temperature okay before i walked into the restaurant i never ever realized in my lifetime that before i walked into a restaurant my ppe would be checked and my temperature would be good but such a time we live in we probably have to get used to this there was a waiter yeah a handheld thermometer checking everyone's temperature and he would show them and if, if it was normal only then they were allowed to go inside it's amazing how one virus from china has basically brought the world to its knees Absolutely. the perils of a connected perils of a global connected world you know i mean 40 years ago it probably wouldn't have spread so quickly because uh, travel was limited and you could probably keep uh, the virus contained in one geographical area but now it's just not possible it's everywhere so uh, i mean you know it's it's unbelievable but one thing what this has done is and one of the reasons one of the uh, stories that shifali put out in her piece was it very positive story that came out and how the rss was battling covid in the pune city 
you know in it's i mean it's summer in india guys uh, who are listeners who are not in india it's already 40 45 degrees celsius in most cities in india so it's very hard already plus you are wearing the protective equipment on top of it it makes it even harder and um, so you wrote about i'll start with you know what you said sabruti jathar walks into a narrow narrow lane in bhavani peet which is one of the hotspots of pune right and you know what they did and what it's stunning right like even in spite of hostility that they faced or in spite of uh, lack of warmth and i'm not saying they faced it everywhere but different reactions what they did so can you talk a little bit about what you had heard what you had you know from a lot of people doing in pune see we all know that rss or the rashtriya swayamsevak sangh has always uh, done seva in 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 every single time a calamity has hit any part of the country right so this is something that the rss is has been doing uh, all over india in different ways providing food for stranded people running kitchens making sure that the elderly who are living alone get their medicines multiple things they're doing each unit is doing its own thing this pune uh, drive of actually going to red zone areas and testing people there with their portable testing kits is something uh, interesting because most of the time this kind of work is done by people whose job it is to do it either municipal authorities or cops or government doctors or whatever but here the rss actually set out an appeal because they felt that the municipal authorities were getting overwhelmed with the size of the challenge there are about 60 more than 60 close to 70 now micro containment areas in pune right now and all of these are in very densely packed bustis and it is not possible for the municipal authorities or for the government medical teams to go door to door and do testing here and till you do testing you will not get accurate results right so rss actually volunteered to help out in this uh, particular drive along with the pmc and they set out an appeal saying that we are planning to do that so private medical professionals who are interested in doing seva and volunteers can apply and there'll be a training session and all that so it's amazing to me that over 200 medical professionals some of them are extremely highly respected people in their fields okay there is a there is a oncologist surgeon who is already uh, 60 plus he was one of the first people to volunteer and normally when you say that under the over the age of 65 people shouldn't venture out he was just below that but he still uh, went out and volunteered for this drive there were more than uh, 600 sang volunteers who volunteered to do this now something important in this that you need to know that all these people they knew that they were going to a stay away from their families for the five days that they were going to actually go to bastis and do door to door testing and after that they were supposed to be in quarantine for 5 days and do a corona test and only if they were negative were they allowed to go to their families so in this time they chose voluntarily to stay away from their families for full 10 days and samriddhi jathar who's uh, who whom i quoted in the story her whole family did this her mother her father and she and she had a grandmother who actually volunteered to stay alone at home at this time and saying that you are doing something bigger than yourself you are serving the society so go ahead and do that i don't mind staying alone my neighbors will take care of my needs but i don't mind staying alone so this is very overwhelming to me because it's totally voluntary 
and these people are saying that we understand the risks we understand the discomfort it's 41 degrees outside in pune right now even if i go to the garden for 10 minutes and do some gardening i feel like i'm sweating totally and here are these people and some of them are really young you know 20s 21 22 years old students who are wearing full ppe kits the mask the gloves and they are walking 4 to 5 hours in the hot sun they are told to take sips of nimbu pani only once half hour because they cannot take out the pp if they want to go to the toilet a the toilet facilities are not available and even if they are available it is not possible for them to go get out of their pp kits and take toilet breaks so they are told to not even drink water till the time the drive is ended and they are still doing all this and they are in excellent spirits and they are saying we are having fun we are having fun in the sense that oh, we are having a feeling of uh, doing something yeah, and, and good for the society it makes us feel big exactly exactly but, but there are two points i want to highlight here first is you know what you said that it's more than 40 degrees and they'll be more than 7 hours they'll be clad in the kits you know people are complaining especially some people in us that they have to wear a mask to go grocery shopping because it's the, yeah it's not yeah. the, I mean, think of that. These guys are not just wearing masks. Yeah, in your full kit in forty degrees heat and standing for seven hours. You know, and this is only the story of Pune, right? There are yeah. RSS yeah. in so many cities. This could be the story of so many places in India. It could be yeah, a yeah, neighborhood. And they're doing it. Thane. They're doing it in Thane. They now they've. they've Yeah. I've just started the same drive in Thane and in some other cities also, I guess. But it's remarkable the kind, kind of discipline, the kind of uh, commitment, yeah. and the kind of drive that the Sangh volunteers have. And I would say, and you know, the positive impact of this story. After I wrote the story, it went majorly viral on Facebook. It's got some fifteen thousand shares already. So a lot of people started approaching uh, my husband to know where they can volunteer. they wanted to get in touch with the sang authorities and to see that what can we do in this right so this is how basically the spirit of seva percolates like there are a lot of us actually who want to do something but not all of us may be even aware of what we can do those who give those who can donate money have given uh, money those who have elderly living alone in their neighborhoods i know a lot of people who are taking care of their elderly neighbors making sure that they get medicines making sure they get groceries we all are doing that is the that is the one positive redeeming thing about this virus it's brought out the best in a lot of people absolutely absolutely and then that's what i said you know at the top of the podcast if i living if i give the depressing news i am relying on you to give the good news <laughs> and i'm glad you told that but no seriously like there are a few very serious positive positive messages and i appeal to all our listeners i never usually do this but if you are listening and uh, to this podcast and you want to write to us about something that's happening in your city you want to cover it please you know respond to a tweet facebook post whatever and let us know because such stories deserve to be told and you know i'm glad that we can discuss that Um, on this but absolutely and uh, another thing i would i would highly recommend is actually what i did just go through your phone book find people whose services you've used in the past and just give them a call i had somebody who did deep cleaning for me in december before my children's thread ceremony 
and i called him up and i said are you okay do you need any help do you know what he told me he said ma'am i've got 1200 clients and not one of them has bothered to call me to find out how you are doing i don't want the money but the fact that you called up to ask me how i am doing that matters a lot i know that if i at all there is any help needed i can count on you and that feeling itself is making me feel reassured psychologically it's a big help so you never know what strikes a chord you know it could be just a 2 minute phone call asking somebody how are you doing is there anything i can do for you absolutely absolutely lovely point uh, shfali and uh, you know in 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 summation i think this is the message that we are facing a very tough challenge uh, we don't know how the but there are so many people doing positive work and each of us have a role to play in the society find what your role is and try to do a little bit of your part and trust me we'll get through this very fast um, absolutely but before before closing and we'll come to our recommendations at the last um something happened in the last couple of days which was sort very disturbing and and uh, you know our friends at opindia.com uh, you know website uh, doing news news fact checks of you know rahul roshan and nupur um, very you know heavily involved in that and there was an fii fii filed against them and also nupur um, uh, was called to a kolkata police station i believe uh, um, yes yes and, uh, and questioned for a very long time and uh, yeah And, and the FIR, I believe, was another case where um, it was under two ninety five. And and you know, uh, before I we would discuss anything with Shafali about that, I would like to say that you know we are we stand in solidarity with the folks at Opinion dot com. You know, keep fighting the good fight, hang in there, guys. Uh, and you know, uh, just uh, it's unbelievable that they are using whatever they are as an intimidation tactic to silence, you know, or to attempt to silence the voice. And it's, it's very, I mean. very condemnable so um, absolutely yeah, your initial thoughts and what you've heard because right now it's it's early days but i just wanted to give this shout out because you know it's just pathetic what's happening okay i nupur actually came back on twitter last e- evening and she said that she's safe and that uh, she's in touch with a legal team and yeah. she will write it more about this whole episode once her legal teams go uh, gives her a go ahead so i'm not going to get into the specifics of the case about what uh, what 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 is the actual i was just talking about the general this for nupul to tell yeah yeah i i understand i'm coming to that Huh. but there is a trend and nupur is just the latest victim of that trend there is a trend of filing firs by uh, either congress people or motivated people in non bjp ruled state against journalists against writers and even against common citizens who have raised their voice <clears throat> against the opposition and the prime example of this is arnab goswami then there is nupur then ajit bharti and other host of others including some of the bjp spokesperson even sambit patra and amit malviya have got firs registered against them in different parts of india mm-hmm. now the point is that there is a very carefully thought strategy behind it it is to intimidate people not the people uh, the firs are being filed against of course there is a lot of inconvenience there is a lot of physical and mental exhaustion and there is a lot of harassment going on but everybody knows that arnab is not going to back down everybody knows that nupur is not going to back down everybody knows that ajit is not going to back down they know that right they know that these people are not weak they are not going to give up they cannot be bullied so why are they doing it they are doing it to send a message to the common listener 
listener to the common follower to somebody who is just venturing into the field of social media and expressing their opinions that they should feel intimidated because they will think oh my god if this can happen to arnab who is uh, who has one of the largest uh, uh, you know watched shows in india then what happens to us if we raise our voice that is the point that is the purely fascist terror technique that's being used And but that- unfortunately i think our side also needs to take a lessons from this see fir's are not a weapon only in their hands right we have seen uh, Uh, journalists who are spreading fake news every single day and they have never retracted the fake stuff that they have sent out even after being proved wrong time and again but why are we not doing or why is the party not doing or why are the governments not filing or why are the police in bjp states not taking swarm out of cognizance of these uh, things is it only uh, one sided this whole uh, this whole politics of intimidation ultimately i think what what you said uh, um lupur she already tweeted uh, that you know she'll be posting she'll give us updates so do you know follow that but the larger point that you know no uh, nothing should be used as a tactic for intimidation and stuff like that and you know ultimately there there is, we have to take a stance as well you know where we stand and on on this whole issue but uh, absolutely yeah. huh. absolutely and the thing is this isn't even fake news i mean what was arnab's fault that he called uh, sonia gandhi by her maiden name so for that people filed 250 fir's against him yeah and 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 and, and what and, and there are and there is there is somebody who writes in print who is being promoted by the president of the editors guild he actually says in print that the opposition should make fake news and should spread fake news to fight the government these are the recorded words and this sort of rubbish article is being promoted by the president of the editors guild of india and nothing happens to him forget nothing happens to him he's being mainstreamed i mean he's already mainstream but that is what bothers me you know Uh, that the might of uh, non bjp ruled states where every state machinery that's possible whether it be your cops whether it be your other machinery is being used to intimidate voices voices that are truthful voices that are honest but the real voices who share fake news the real uh, fake uh, news peddling websites they are getting away scot free that Ultimate, this is a tragedy ultimately what is mainstream and what is fringe that line is also blurred <laughs> but that's a, yeah that's true that 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 that's a, that's another debate uh, that's but a, i'm saying that uh, people have been lying rampantly you know for 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 years for the past 6 years if you just go through the twitter feed of certain celebrated quote unquote journalist you will see that they have lied rampantly about a whole lot of things and none of them have ever retracted or ever apologized for their lies but still nothing has happened to them so they have the freedom of expression to lie wantonly and our people don't have the freedom of expression to speak the truth we live in we live in unprecedented times in many ways i guess that's that's probably the overarching theme of the podcast anyways but you know before 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 we wrap the podcast up shefali i know you've been doing a lot of reading in the uh, 
in the, in the quarantine and a lot of watching. So we always send our listeners off with some recommendation of a great book you've read, a great movie you've seen, a great show you've watched, anything. So any recommendations that you have for our listeners? Uh, I have reread a lot of books that I've been meaning to do so. And uh, one of the books that I will always recommend, even if you wake me up in the middle of the night, is Avrana by Asel Bhairappa. So in, in, if any of your listeners hasn't read Avrana, it's available in an English translation. It's a Kannada book, but it's available in English translation, Hindi translation, as well as a Marathi translation. So, so please get it. Please read it. It's a wonderful book that really, really will open your eyes forever. I am not a big, uh, I, I don't, I am probably one of those rare people who have survived this lockdown without watching a single thing on Amazon Prime. Netflix or anything. So I don't watch web series. I have nothing to recommend on them. Lovely. And movies also, I go back to the old movies. I don't know. Somehow, you know, I, I, I like watching Not positive you movies. Even, even me, I like I watching happy movies. Well. No, I've been watching classics as well lately. It's, it's, it's been terrific, you know, watching a lot of old classics and stuff. And whatever brings a smile on our faces, right? I mean, in these yeah, 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 absolutely. Right. So my, my, my recommendation uh, uh, would be uh, and, uh, a couple of books. I, uh, uh, I, I, I've said this earlier, I started reading Rakesh Maria's biography and uh, read the chapter about Sanjay Dutt in that and what he has okay. and it, it's, it's, it's interesting, right? I'm not saying that's the only truth, but read about it. I, I suspect that a lot of people have made up their mind about what happened to Sanjay Dutt after watching the movie Sanjay. It's not at all close to the reality, guys. Please go back and read books, read these pieces that have been Another book that I would highly recommend is Dr. Meenachi Jain's book, uh, latest book, The Flight of Deities. Right. It I, talks I, about the struggle that, pardon me? No, no, I have to tell, hello, I, ha, hello, I have to tell you one thing. Dr. Meenakshi Jain's his books, The Flight of Deities, has been one of the most recommended books in the Mind podcast in the last few weeks. Okay. No, but, but it's, it's a book that you have to read. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. No, so I was agreeing. Like, so complete your point. What were you saying, Shifali? Yeah. I was saying that reading the book, actually, it, it's not easy to read the book because it, I, I couldn't read it at one go. I had to stop several points because it just too emotional and too overwhelming to read about the struggle, the tremendous struggle that the Hindus of this country had to go through just to make sure that their, their gods were protected, that their way of worship was protected to keep dharma alive. And it is to them that we owe whatever little we are doing today. I mean, our struggles are nothing, nothing, nothing compared to them. Our struggles are nothing compared to uh, the people taking the Nadwara Murti from Mathura all the way to Rajasthan walking and depending upon the villages along the way. So we may think that we are doing a lot or, uh, you know, we, uh, just because the FIR has filed against us that we are, uh, for any of us, a complaint letter has filed against me also. But while we may feel that we are paying a great price or whatever, this is nothing compared to what our ancestors had to go through. And we owe it to them because they kept dharma alive. You and I are sitting here and talking to each other, talking about all these things. So it is to them that we owe whatever little that we can do. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a, a great, uh, great sentence to add on. I, I really can't add more uh, to that. Like, you know, we owe it to them for keeping the dharma alive. But 
thank you so much for joining us shefali it's been wonderful uh, thank you adit it was a real pleasure yeah we should do this more often oh you absolutely uh, we shouldn't wait for quarantines to do the podcast <laughs> so <laughs> but thank you once again for joining and guys do follow us mind makers follow shefali you know write to us if you agree uh, write to us if you disagree as well we'll we'll try to engage on that but thank you all and 